0: What up, East High? Welcome back, folks. Glad to have you.
1: Yeah, here at Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical one minute at a time.
0: Who are we talking into these microphones?
1: I am Condra.
0: And I am Tyler.
1: And collectively, we are the Amateur Nerds.
0: Yes, and we're here to talk about a movie which we both love and we have both seen in its entirety all the way through. Wait a second, I haven't. Just a reminder because we haven't mentioned it. This is my first time watching this movie. High School Musical, one minute at a time. It's a delightful experience, especially as the tension is ratcheting up at this point in the movie. But Condra, what exactly is happening at this point in the movie?
1: Well... This point in the movie is minute 79, and minute 79 starts out with Jack entering this little subsection of the locker room that Troy is sitting in alone, and ends with an announcer saying that the 10th annual Scholastic Decathlon uh, is about to begin with the East High Wildcats. And? And the minute are ends. Are they are
0: they are they playing against themselves? Is it a practice scrimmage?
1: Well, the the minute ends, so we don't get the finish of that sentence. So.
0: Oh, okay. I, I'm assuming the decathlon is happening with an opponent, but we'll we'll leave that to the latter half of the minute. Indeed. We get yeah, we get kind of a break in this montage. It kind of continues after it. I, I've watched the next minute. <gasps> don't worry. Yes. <Gasp. laughs> um, But just the next minute, uh, we get a little break in the montage to have this quiet little moment between Jack Bolton and Troy Bolton.
1: Indeed. And it had already started in the last minute where Jack was saying how he was also nervous and he wanted to suit up and join the boys on the court. But instead, Jack takes this very weird turn and stops being Coach Bolton for a minute and becomes... Dad Bolton.
0: <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say Dad Bolton <laughs> or Father Bolton or Papa Bolton. <laughs> I
1: I don't like Father Bolton. That sounds too <laughs> religious. I think. Um, and I don't. I don't associate. Like I'm not one to use the word Papa. It. So. What
0: What would it mean to Papa Bolton anyway? Um,
1: so. Jack instead talks to Troy about how there's a lot of pressure on him, but what he really wants from him is to have fun, which is such a weird turn. I'm like, <laughs> this does not line up with anything Jack has done before. It's what is going on?
0: Yeah, he he even starts by saying like, I know about the pressure and a lot of it has probably come from me.
1: Which like, good on him for admitting.
0: Yeah. 'Cause he knows his son is the coach's son. He's trying to he's trying to level with Troy right now. He's leveling with him about the game. He doesn't know about any sort of
1: plot that might be happening. Thing.
0: Yeah, so there there is a little bit of tension with regard to that in this scene.
1: And Troy makes some funny facial expressions. I don't know if you caught this, that he makes some like maybe there's more yeah. going on than you realize yeah. faces. Well I
0: was gonna I was gonna kinda get to that okay. towards sort of the end of this conversation they're having, which is where it becomes really mm-hmm apparent to the audience. And yeah, I mean, it's this turn. He's trying to like, you know, it's a, it's a nerve calming technique. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I just want you to go out there and have fun today because, you know, I know that you're going to feel bad if you lose because of yourself and also because of me, the coach and because of all your teammates and because of all the awkwardness that's been been recently happening. Mm-hmm. I just want you to go out there and remember that you love basketball and we love basketball and he says i'll I'll go to bed with a smile on my face how
1: do you know if you
0: give that to me
1: how do you know if you go to bed with this like are you falling asleep he says he'll sleep with a smile on his face not go to bed so how how do you know you're asleep with a smile on your face
0: I don't know if you're having like good dreams you're like smiling I guess I don't know
1: I just clench my jaw all night so I don't I don't make facial expressions <laughs> I sleep on my face so Fun fact. Fair
0: enough. Do you ever, do you ever get like your jaw comes like unhinged in the morning and you have to like pop it back in? No. I have to do that sometimes. You're like, you try to open your mouth and you're like, ow, why isn't it?
1: Were you a snake in the middle of the night and decided to unhinge your jaw and eat something whole?
0: <laughs> yes, my pillow. I I, 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 <laughs> I have the whole marshmallow pillow thing to a, to a crazy degree.
1: <laughs> uh, apparently, but. Yeah, Jack says that no matter the score, he's going to be proud and that Troy should enjoy it. Like, cause I think he's taking some of, of, I've been, Jack's taking some of his, I've been there and I know exactly yeah. like what this is like. And hopefully you remember it fondly kind of thing. Like this is a big deal and you may remember this for a long time, or maybe it just is because Jack is stuck in the past. And wants to relive his glory days.
0: <laughs> well, Jack, I mean, we established he did win a championship back in the day, right? Yeah, so. he did.
1: He's He was the last MVP kind of person that the boys talked about when they were trying to trick Troy.
0: Uh, they were trying to trick Troy. Uh, I, I was just admiring your alliteration. Thank you. Yeah, we get so we get this kind of monologue thing from Bart Johnson. We get to see his performance of this kind of you know.
1: Sincere, heartfelt.
0: Probably not the emotional moment of the movie that we're going to get from him. I'm, I'm guessing that's going to come later when they reconcile some other things. But, you know, a chance to deliver a strong performance. And I think he gets the job done. I don't know if this scene rises above. I, I don't think you're, I don't think anyone goes, dang, that's that's some good acting in the scene. <laughs> uh, even from Zach Efron, who I think also does a, a good job, but leaves room for a great job and i and i don't necessarily even blame the actors because i think the camera work is so like we're gonna be on a a close-up of the person who's talking
1: it's really tight yeah it's it's also this weird pause like we are building up we know it's game day it just said help exclamation (laughs) point like and then it goes to this quiet moment and it doesn't it's a very funny shift
0: Well, and and a lot of times a quiet moment like this will be really effective. Mm -hmm. It'll be like, oh, it's the calm before the storm. We're seeing this kind of relaxation of the nerves that's supposed to mirror their own feelings. Like, oh, we're relaxing ourselves and then we're going to get into something exciting in just another minute. But for now, let's check back in with ourselves.
1: It's kind of weird, though, to think about because often before sport, like big sport things, I'm thinking like, remember the Titans, like before the second half of that game at the end, there's like the big pep talk speech. And this is not the traditional like pep amp up. Maybe it's because the basketball game is not the crux of the movie in the same way Like for remember the Titans, like that final championship game (laughs) is is it.
0: I mean, there's also a moment in remember the Titans. I don't remember if it's for the championship game or another game where you see the whole team like praying in the locker room.
1: Yeah, that's not the championship, I don't think.
0: But I think it, it, it it's a moment like that where it's like, oh, this is a moment of quieter reflection. And then right after that, we're going to get it into the rah-rah pump-up.
1: Yeah, which is literally what happens here. <laughs> but yeah, let's finish this Troy and um, Coach moment. Or not Coach, but Dad.
0: Tro- but dad, yeah.
1: Yeah, Troy even acknowledges this.
0: Yeah, Zach Efron does have a pretty good, like... Like, uh, we can see his eyes getting that little, like, watery thing. He's pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. He says, Thanks, coach. Uh, I mean, dad. And it, yeah, it, I mean, he does a thing with his face. I would, it would have been interesting to see, you know, a lot of times what's interesting in movies is to cut to the person who's not talking and see their reaction to what's happening. I would have loved to see Bart Johnson's reaction to that part of the conversation as well as or like as opposed to just Troy's face.
1: Yeah, I could have seen like a little smirk or something like oh, oh, like you get yeah. it kind of thing.
0: Or Troy's face reacting to his dad saying just have fun out there and like realizing, oh yeah, like that's that's the more important thing.
1: Yeah. I wonder though if a wide, like a slightly wider shot, like a, maybe even like a medium shot where like you can over see the both of them. I was thinking like very traditional, like kind of Wes Anderson, I'm, I'm thinking like Wes Anderson, both of them in the middle yeah. of the frame, like symmetrical. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. creating a box with my hands.
0: Almost like the waterfall scene in Fantastic Mr. Fox, which in our, you know, two seasons ago, we absolutely adored. Just this kind of like being able to see both people and kind of having both sides of the conversation happen right in front of us. I don't think necessarily we could see their faces really well. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. I think maybe maybe there is a version of where they're having this conversation. We can see both of them. And it's almost like two people eating dinner at a table together. And you can kind of see them going back and forth mm-hmm. and having a really good conversation. That's a, that's a type of movie scene that's been done re- really well. Or I was thinking even like after Troy says, thanks, dad. And there's this little pause from Jack and he doesn't really know what to say. Putting that in a wide shot and just mm-hmm. having this moment, father and son sitting there. Neither of them really knows what to say, but they're here together and they're both kind of on the same team. Yeah. And then Jack gets up and then and then it does cut to the wide. He slaps the knee and walks out.
1: Yeah. yeah. That would have been, yeah, that would have given a nice moment in this father-son that we keep seeing repeated throughout the film, but we don't get those big emotional moments with this relationship.
0: Yeah. And I mean, a part of it's, you know, just TV shooting, like t- TV budget, like you're di- going, going through it quickly. It's a sort of thing where you could have set up earlier in the movie a sort of pose or relationship physically on the screen that relates to this specific on-screen character relationship. Maybe something from that first scene where it was like, uh, go left, like the very first scene in the movie when they're playing basketball in the little rec center. Mm hmm. Maybe setting up something there like a tête-à-tête a between them verbally or like a, a visual sign of them doing like a little move where Troy goes around him and then they hug or something. That could have been something too, but it's it's kind of more the just the conversation that happens. And then there's also the music.
1: Yeah. Before we move on to the music, I was thinking it is kind of interesting though to think that As much as I like that idea, the hug at the end, I don't think, would quite fit their relationship. Like, Jack has shown that he definitely doesn't understand what what Troy is feeling most of the time. And he gets pretty confused about
0: (laughs) Troy having emotion,
1: basically. (laughs) Yeah, as he slaps his son in the knee to be like, no more emotions here. It's like that. All right,
0: that's that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) it would But it still would be interesting to show... In the same way, like, we mentioned earlier, if the mom were to be more present to be, like, talking to Jack about, like, what Troy might be feeling, it would add just an, an another layer to Jack, I think, in a way that maybe is less TV dad and maybe more movie dad.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Because <laughs> as it stands, I was going to ask, do you think this is, like, very, like, super sincere of him? Or do you think it's, like... Coaching technique, I'll say just go out and have fun today.
1: I think there is some sincerity to it. I don't think it's all sincerity because of the slap at the end and, like, this the we, he kept using we and, like, Focusing on himself, I guess. He like, I'll go to bed with a smile on my face and we love this game. It's not, you love the, like at the at the core of everything. Yeah, he says like,
0: if you give that to me.
1: Yeah. So Jack still has a lot of ownership in his speech. That, not that it's not true. Like, yeah, they both love basketball to some extent. And Jack probably will appreciate his son having fun on some level, like on a paternal level. But- He's still a he. He still isn't balancing that coach parent well, and especially like being in the suit in the locker room, like right before the game. It's not like he was talking to him at home the morning bef- like the morning of. Like the whole place and time also says more coach to me than than parent.
0: Yeah, and then there's the music that's kind of your traditional like inspirational fare of like you know kind of like these jolty not jolty um lilting small piano beats and then the you get the little sweeping violin type thing like you're watching an episode of Full House and there's like a inspirational moment except not with a synthesizer obviously
1: yeah it it is very I think it's that TV it, in the way this movie's used in the past it uses traditional TV cues through music to tell or to honestly to teach because if you think this is like younger kids to teach them yeah. what all right this kind of music is meant for this kind of scene and you're going to feel these kind of things so it's like training training future yeah. tv viewers i guess
0: and that's what we're talking about with basically every decom we've ever talked about it's like the reason that we kind of joke about them hitting the same beats is because that's their role is to kind of like introduce these very basic storytelling techniques and Having these moments that aren't going to blow kids' minds or like really like make them uncomfortable with their emotions, but just kind of guide them through their emotions. Mm -hmm.
1: Which I think is the purpose of TV in the same way like, all right, you think old children's television, you think Sesame Street, you think Mr. Rogers, these foundational children's television programming, they are meant to teach And even if there's an education or even if there's an entertainment element to them in the way like DCOMs and modern TV shows, Phineas and Ferb, for example, that's not super modern anymore. But (laughs) there's still a teaching element in social cues and culture and being human, I guess.
0: There's an understanding that children's literature and television, in addition to, I mean, all literature and television have you know, some sort of moral or kind of social meaning depth to them, but especially that children's is going to have some sort of yeah educational edifying message that's, you know, going to teach them about how to process their emotions or how to deal with certain types of relationships or how to deal with certain types of events like high school. And sometimes, you know, people will discredit things that they feel like don't have that And they'll be like, "Ah, that's garbage. It's teaching my kids bad values. And then a lot of times, you know, the things that kind of are able to combine, you know, that kind of entertainment with education are things that are really heralded. And sometimes you don't realize the values that something's conveying until later on.
1: Mm hmm the the progressivism of sesame street for example in having a multi-raci- multi-racial neighborhood and just like yeah this, it's being so subliminal and so unspoken in some of its its lessons or like yeah. fraggle rock for like teaching things and not being like well this is the moral of this story
0: yeah i mean i was even thinking of like peewee's playhouse in mm. its time as kind of like a you know just a postmodern version of Mr. Rogers neighborhood where it's like, Mm -hmm. we only care about being silly. Like there's like, we have the same premise basically, but it's just silly fun. But then realizing later on that the kind of earnestness and love that Pee Wee's Playhouse Mm -hmm. has, it isn't uh, like a a negative version of the kind of Mr. Rogers, but it's just like a different version reminding kids it's okay to have fun. And, you know, be really silly and that can still have meaning too
1: yeah i'm even thinking like you have some more quote-unquote controversial like cartoons from the late the um, the late 90s i would say early early to late 90s the 90s you have things like ed ed and eddie you have things like
0: i was saying like the animaniacs those yeah, are yeah, like controversial, Ren, like Ren
1: and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy was the one I was trying to think, or Rocco's Modern Life. That they're not necessarily teaching things like joy in the world, but they are teaching about the real world and like yeah. trying to convey some hard lessons. That like it's kind of nice to have someone to relate to when they are in a not so good, like a they're poorly treated in their home or. The world is a dark yeah. and scary place, like, to teach them those lessons, too. Like, just just because the... I, I guess with those, though, the art is just not as pretty. So maybe people, like, also take it at that value, too.
0: Yeah. But... That's the tough thing with some, like indie cartoons it's like well it looks ugly so i hate it just because it's terrible to look at yeah that's true for a lot of them
1: yeah no i was funny i was reading something the other day about um, he-man and she-ra which were two television cartoons i did not watch because i wasn't old enough to have seen them on television yeah
0: and now like the new versions of she-ra were kind of too old. Yeah. Although I hear they're good.
1: I hear, yeah, I hear she awesome. But with those two, the creator knew he was basically making a glorified toy commercial, but he also wanted to provide these really cool inspirational characters like the the men in the show also like showed emotion and vulnerability and then he created this really awesome empowering female character because he saw these little girls being like i look up to this character too and i deserve a show like that and he actually created another i don't remember the the toy character's name was a native american and also being vulnerable and non-stereotypical of Uh, indigenous people at the time. So just like they can do it in so many ways that even the, the maybe less well thought of shows have purpose.
0: And I suppose the question that leads us to is, is high school musical successful in this endeavor of like being children's entertainment that has some sort of social backing to it. And I think it succeeds like it not succeeds. I think it passes. (laughs) Um, but I don't know if it succeeds with flying marks.
1: All right. Well, you haven't finished the movie yet. So we'll we'll keep a pin <laughs> in this because I think I think we have a little more to explore with that that sentiment.
0: Yeah. I mean and and I think that's not me saying that it's a bad movie or like that Ooh. it's barely a good movie. I think it's pretty much like solidly a pretty good movie because it's like a musical that's well done and the performances are nice and it's fun. Mm-hmm. But having that kind of underpinning, that message that really delivers, we'll see. Yeah, you know, we'll see where it ends up. Yeah, I'm I'm confident in it. I mean, it doesn't have a lot of time to wrap up these plots.
1: <laughs> yeah. So let's slap all those feelings away that we were just having. Slap like
0: like a knee to Troy Bolton's, <laughs> like a hand to Troy Bolton's knee. Let's slap. Anyway, let's move on.
1: Yeah, so we just get, a, we change scenes just a little bit to get the start of the Scholastic Decathlon. So we see some parents and friends and peers mingling in the audience. We see Miss Montez looking We've around. see Miss
0: Montez. And here's what I want to know. Who's this fun mom? She's got like a sweater and glasses and like cute short haircut. It looks like Laura Dern. Like, who is this fun mom next to Ms. Montez?
1: <laughs> I completely miss Laura Dern in this movie. Now I want to uh, go find her. I mean,
0: it's not literally Laura Dern, but
1: I know that it, like
0: it's it's got that look that you're like, dang, I wanna be friends with that mom's child.
1: <laughs> Are you pulling a Stacy's mom tie? Are no, you being creepy? No,
0: no, no, I'm just saying she looks like a fun mom. Like
1: <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, they're just, Miss Montes is looking around. I don't know why. Like, it's very unclear why she's looking around. It's like she wouldn't know anyone because Gabrielle has been there for two weeks.
0: Well, yeah, but she she's probably only been to the school the one time and she's in like this new room. And it's like a competition. So you're like looking around at all the like, the, the signs and there's the teams and these parents from another town are probably coming to the school. And everyone's kind of like. She's sitting
1: like, next to like a child.
0: yeah. And then, yeah, we get this the, a little basic setup. But we kind of see there's, like, a a board, like, there's two sides of, the the kind of stage area, with like, mm-hmm. whiteboards in the background, like, a podium in the middle or something.
1: Yeah, there's a little table in the middle with a timer, and the banner on the background says, like, Scholastic Decathlon X, because it's <laughs> fancy, and it's the 10. It's tenth- the
0: Roman numeral for 10.
1: <laughs> exactly. And then there's this gentleman in the middle who is telling... The teams, the rules, mm-hmm. I guess.
0: Yeah, and so we see Taylor and Gabriella and a couple of their teammates on the left, and then the the other team potentially on the right. I don't know if the teammates on the academic decathlon team are the same people we've been seeing I in the no training idea. scenes. <laughs> they, they low-key <laughs> looks like they t- might t- not be, <laughs> but anyway.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we'll find out what's happening in the next who who they're playing against or who they're competing against in on the next.
0: Eight. Wildcat Minute, outro music. Okay.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> no, we have to. We have some things to say before we can outro music. Uh, first, I will say that you can find us on the Twitter at Amateur
0: Nerds. Or me personally, at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y.
1: You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, tell us what your favorite um, non-moral valued children's entertainment is.
1: Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at TGoldenArt on Instagram.
0: And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com.
1: I have been Condra.
0: And I've been Tyler. And we'll catch you next time for a death-defying episode of Wildcat Minute. You can bet on it.